Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that is hiring that Italian band for every function ever from now on (laughs) and recommends that you do the same, let me tell you. If you want to make things feel even more like a dirge than they already are, call that band. (laughs) As as Ian Stevenson, Patriot, messaged in after that happened, said his, his good is definitely the Italian rendition of Ireland's call, and by rendition... I mean, in the sense that they kidnapped it and beat it senseless. <laughs> yes, top draw I mean, shit was, It was great. Like, I'm a big fan of just like fucking around with other people's anthems. You know, play it on a kazoo. You know, why not? <laughs> Honestly, it was like a, a vaudeville jug band bladdered on bathtub gin, <laughs> being conducted by a cross-eyed cat. It was wonderful. It was incredible. I've it's the fact that all the players like every. All 23 of them were singing a different rhythm of the entire song as well. It <laughs> yeah, was but just amazing. None, of them were, none of them were in rhythm with each other even. It was exactly. just like, it was so off-putting, it just threw the whole thing out. It was wonderful. Oh, but it was just wonderful. And the way that the they don't normally pipe the band that loud in through sort no. of like the TV soundtrack either, like do they? Offense, it was like offensively loud. Yeah. It was like, John, <laughs> Giovanni. Stick that microphone right in the tuba. Yeah. Yeah. No deeper. Yeah, as far deeper. as it'll go. Right yeah. in there. <laughs> Round the bend, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I want it literally floating in the spit that's coming through his, from the valve. Yeah. <laughs> Glorious stuff. Um, yeah. So, anyway, apologies, everybody, that we missed last week. And hello to those of you on the live stream. Um, it was a conglomeration of factors that um, literally. Well, rendered us mute on the internet and literally rendered you mute for a period of time. Like yeah, I mean, to talk about your sort of like heavy laden metaphors, you know, I as a Wales fan found myself quite literally without a voice in a period where 
seismic things were being as decisions were being made in Welsh <laughs> rugby without fans being given any kind of voice. So you know, it was it was uh, such is my commitment to heavy metaphor that I I went and completely lost my voice at about sort of three o'clock on Tuesday. And I've just about got it back, as you can probably hear by my sort of husky, gravelly baritone. It's uh, well, but it sounds quite beautiful. I'm getting I mean, all kinds of funny, all kind of funny feelings out yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, as I said to you on the text, that it, it's it's got a very Phoebe and my sticky shoe <laughs> all about it. But, uh, my sticky shoe, yeah. It is. So, it uh, is basically that. I've I've dropped at least an octave. I've you'll tried, be fuming I've tried. when your cold goes and you're back to just being normal, Josh. Yeah, I can't do any high voice. Like I can't, I can't get worked up though, because like you know, when I get worked up, the pitch of my voice tends to rise. And I mean, luckily silent. that doesn't that doesn't usually happen. Exactly, this so is good thing. This is rarely, if ever, a, a sort of a, a, a place where I get wound up or het up about anything. And, and certainly nothing. this week, there's no reason to nothing whatsoever. to be wound up about Absolutely at all this week. So you're all right. The um, yeah. So apologies. Well, first of all, we we couldn't do Monday because Josh had a sort of exploding family. Genuinely, I had all the illnesses last week. It was it was real funny. Like, I mean, it wasn't funny. It was fucking shit. But um, <laughs> I had conjunctivitis over the weekend. Couldn't see. That was good. Um, and then Monday morning, I woke up and uh, just threw up everywhere, um, <laughs> as did everyone else in my house. Uh, and then on Tuesday morning, I felt much much better. But I was like, oh, I got a bit of a sore throat. And then by sort of mid Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I was basically, I was having to like write messages on a piece of paper on work Zoom calls so that people could understand <laughs> what I was trying to say to them. <laughs> I, yeah, and then I was I was busy doing I my mean, badminton league match. Then I had an evening meeting with work. And then by the, it was Thursday by then, and I was too late to get a ringer. So what I'm saying yeah, is... I was, I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting to have my voice back by Thursday. And it was just, no. It was like I could barely whisper. It like, it's like the universe wanted to silence you at a time it was, when you most like, needed to be heard. Finally, all those people on Twitter have got what they wanted, and I've been silenced, gagged by, you know, the powers that be in big rugby. That's who I've been gagged by. So, yeah, so the... um. So that explains that. So we do apologise. We don't like missing a week if, if we can avoid it. And that wasn't the plan. It's just the week just suddenly ran away from us. And before we knew it, it was the weekend again. So Indeed. we've got all that to talk about. So we we might touch on some of the Welsh. We'll touch on the Wales shenanigans, I guess. I would, as imagine, we... I would imagine I'll bring it up at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I suppose the main thing is, Josh, how were you and the family doing after last week? Because I know it was a bit of a rough, yeah, time, we're all right rough now. time. Yeah. Like, you know. Such as having a child of sort of roughly one, is that everyone's ill all the time? So uh, yeah, and at least you know, it was you, a fallow you... week from the rugby point of view, wasn't it? I exactly, thought, wasn't. I was would have just been on talking about more pimp my packs action if that would have been a. <laughs> How is that going? By the way, I have been missing. It's, a, I've I've not. Take. You see, I'm into the fine detail now, which That's won't always, really show up part. on the photos. Do you know what mm. I mean? So I want to take more photos and show them in the Facebook group because that's the kind of loserville that we've created in there. <laughs> but um, the um, but I'm into like you know filling in like the baseboards and that now. So I have to do some real close up, intricate photographs, which I think might even be beyond the kind of people that pay for this content. You're so, one of those people that gets like one of those macro lenses for their phone and just be like, yeah. Although people will remember from my photo that at the top right there was a gap. I wasn't sure what I was doing with. I bought another twenty centimeter IKEA kitchen cupboard 
cut it down, cut the door down, fitted my own hinge at the top. I had to buy a a drill jig, you know, for drilling a hole in doors that you put the hinge in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had to do all that. It was a wonderful time. Six quid off Amazon, that jig. Never had more fun. How much fun can you have for six quid that doesn't involve that? (laughs) So, Surely no more than that, yeah. So the doors are painted now. So we're into, I've just got to do a bit of whitewashing and I'll do my final film. Then the doors will go on. Then I'll send, I'll send some more photos. But it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful thing all coming together. And I've managed I mean, to paint the floor. So I don't, we haven't got the fucking satanic red circle no more. So that's quite good. We've covered that up. So I don't feel unnerved the whole time I'm in there. So <laughs> You don't feel like you're accidentally going to take part in some sort of arcane ritual and summon yes, something. Yes, I'm not in The Devil Rides Out, the Hammer yeah. film from 19-whatever it was. Um, yeah, so that's what's been going on. So also this weekend, I didn't cover the game on Sunday because I took Sunday off because it was my mum's birthday. Oh, lovely. So she came round, my nan came round, my auntie Lorraine came round, my cousin came round. I made lasagna. All by my own hand. Didn't make the oh. pasta. Come on, at your age. I, mean, I bought them. On. I bought the fresh sheets on, only your dried stuff. Mm. But I made lasagna. Yeah, so my mum, it's a very big birthday for your mum because she's actually finally getting her state pension. Oh, wow. So she's celebrating by in two weeks' time, her and her mate are going on a cruise of the West Coast of America. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah, they're flying to LA. She's doing six days on the boat, doing like Ensenada and somewhere in Mexico. and. Ensenada oh, wow. in Mexico, we're getting mixed up. Ensenada is in Mexico, yeah. There you go then, so he's doing that. And then she's doing San Diego, then she's flying to Vegas and flying home. Hmm. So yeah, so she's she was one of those waspy women, my mum. Do you know one of those ones who hmm. were meant to retire at 60, then got told yeah. two years out that fuck off, you have to be 66 yeah. before you get your pension? Yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a sore subject for a while, but it's now <laughs> yeah, finally uh, as well. You know, if you've set up your entire working life with a sort of like goal in mind... Yeah, you're entitled to feel a bit pissed off about that. So happy birthday, mum! She doesn't listen to this, but she's 66 years young, and you've wow. done a you know you've done a half reasonable job of raising a son who now does a podcast that talks about wardrobes. So indeed, well I mean she's special. She's knocked it out of the park and enjoy Ensenada, uh, stopping at the Fender Mexico factory. If uh, of if course it is Ensenada, I knew that name somewhere. Mm. Anyway, uh, Harley Worthy says, "Have you done fancy lighting as well?" I have. Of course you have. Course. But I can't, I can't turn it on yet because it's light sensor. Because the doors are not on yet. As soon as I turn mm. it on, the light's just on permanently. Of course, so yeah. I've got to turn it off till the doors go on, so I can't enjoy it properly. So uh, no, but so off when it happens. But when it happens, let me tell you. Oof. But IKEA make it all so easy. They, they, they provide these things that fit onto the shelf hinge and everything. It's too but, easy, know, isn't it? Good it's stuff. Like... I'm not being paid to say this, but honestly, no, but it, compared it to is. the six grand that Sharps wanted, I've spent a lot less money, put it that way. <laughs> and you had a lot more fun than you would if you just had I a I would man. have done. I would have done. I Can't would have been you. taking photos of the Sharps lads to put in the Facebook group, would I? That would have been stupid. So no, they might have objected not. to that. No. Even if I explained it to them, they would have been more upset, I imagine. So yeah. Can I just take a photo of you for my Facebook group for my podcast because they like DIY. no it's not a diy group yeah. no, it's, <laughs> um, yeah it's a woodworking one is it oh no 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 it's a yeah so uh okay so thank you everybody and thank you josh for returning after your illness and thank you to the universe for not you know slaying you down even further this week indeed if you want to get in touch with us oh i'm lee hello hiya i've not yeah, even said that bit i've already said your name loads of times but yeah you're, josh, josh, you're you not know that, that. Even though I don't usually, I probably don't sound like Josh. I, I assure you, I am just about. Yeah. 
If you want to get in touch with us, I'm on at Blood and Mud on the Twitter, if you didn't know already, or Lee at bloodandmud.com. Or you can get in touch with me, and the DMs are open if you want to do that as well. Or, and you can email me should you wish to. What about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or uh, at Rugged underscore Mag, I suppose. Um, other than that, yeah, just leave me alone. Thinking about clothing as major realists, I've, I've become, and I'm not joking, I have become completely obsessed with uh, Vinted, the second-hand clothes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Ob- I am not, <laughs> I have spent, I have bought, I think at last count, 12 items in the past two wow. weeks. Fair Vinted. Play. The every guy, he loves me. He's up and down my drive <laughs> so much. What, what are you buying? Well, well, I needed a bit of a refresh. Yeah, I mean, it's fair and enough. Me, all... And, and me, mate, me mate's been on eBay buying. Ollie, hello. He's been on eBay buying stuff. But I can't be doing with eBay. eBay's too much hassle, mate. Because, yeah. of, the, because of the fucking auction. I can't think no, I ever want this and then I'll Yeah, I'll buy, I'll just... I'm buy I'm buy it now or best offer. Yeah, offer, fuck off. Yeah. Online. So basically everything on, on Vinted is so basically I'm not a huge you know basically I've got like some like Ralph Lauren stuff and some Lacoste stuff and some other bits of stuff and some work clothes and some penguin none of which I've paid more than eight quid for with postage. And therein lies the like I don't I've never used Vinted. Um but Rach, my wife, is like for baby clothes. It is unbelievable. Oh, it, it is like <laughs> it is like stuff that would be like you know, frugy stuff and things like that that would be like you know, ten quid for a t-shirt or whatever. Something you know, things that would not be unreasonable for an adult. But like when you're a baby and you grow out of it in eight weeks, it's a bit mad. But like people just bundle this stuff up and it's like ten quid, you know, like twenty quid for like assorted jumpers, dungarees, and and trousers and leggings and t-shirts. And the, I'd, I'd say about twice a week, a vintage partial arrives at this house that's just and some of it's shit. Yeah, and it's just like okay, we donate that, but then we keep the good stuff. It's great. So then Natalie mm-hmm. can't be asked going shopping. She's decided. And I said, do you want me to get you some jobs? I said, do you want to look on Vinted? And she said, <laughs> and she says, yeah, but I can't be asked. So do you want me to look on Vinted for you? So then I've ended up buying her about 14 <laughs> items of clothing off Vinted, which have been rolling in this week as well. <laughs> of, you know, mixed results, mixed results. But I just thought to myself, well, if they don't work, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just give them to charity to sell. And that what I've done is I've done it. It's just like giving yeah. money to charity, but I'm giving them yeah. some clothes. Okay. Anyway, but yeah. It's it's weirdly addictive. You find yourself like sat in front of the telly, just scrolling through crew neck. I mean, Show like, me all your green crew neck jumpers. Oh, you've got more than five hundred, right? I keep looking through this. Yeah, it's like it's good that primarily what I wear is you know rugby related stash. So like it sort of refreshes every season for me anyway. So oh. if I need to refresh the wardrobe, I know I just need to wait until the twenty three twenty four collection comes along. Although I am currently, I did actually bought this off eBay. Is this. that yes? The, as been commented on, as Anna S has said, uh, no, just, not, you're wearing a Welsh hoodie there, Josh. Yeah, uh, Under Armour era Wales uh, hoodie because I don't want to wear any of the new stuff. I wanted a, a zip, a Wales zip hoodie, and I was like, well, I'm not going to spend eighty quid on a Macron one that will look shit and won't fit me properly when I can just. 
buy an old Andromeda one. And I even I actually bought a two thousand retro nostalgia vibes. Exactly. I remember this is when we were good. Or at least when we were not quite as bad as we are now. I can't remember exactly when this one's from. But um yeah, and I bought a 2005-era uh, on-field Wales jersey, which I wanted for a while. Got that off eBay from a man in Poland for 20 quid. Belted. I'll tell you what, there's a thing, right? And I, I've got a, I'll tell you what I think it is. You know how people, like, um, donate those, like, bags of clothes, old clothes, mm-hmm. to the people that come through the door? And they claim it's for charity, but, like, I mean... They're being sent to a warehouse <laughs> in Poland, is your theory, is it? Well, not only are they being sent to a warehouse in Poland, but somebody in this these warehouses is savvy enough to notice any sports memorabilia has intrinsic value, uh-huh. and so beyond just recycling them, um, you know, chucking it in a fucking whatever they do to recycle fabrics and recycle you know plastics and all that sort of stuff. And so they they pick all, because I've bought about three or four old rugby shirts in the last year, and all of them have come from Poland. And it's like unless there's just a guy in Poland who happens to have a real good, and you look at like the sellers other items, and it's like why has this guy got like a complete set of like Super Rugby jerseys from two thousand and three <laughs> in uh, and every international jersey for the last fifteen years and all of this stuff uh, in multiple sizes. It's it's, it's like that, that can't be a coincidence. That is a that is an operation. That is a racket. And fair play to them. If they've gone, well, no, the, the sports jerseys have intrinsic value because people are hipsters and they like old sports things. I say more power to them. Take my 20 quid. So, yeah, so I need to, I have to cut myself. I'm going to have to delete the app soon. I'm going to have to cut myself <laughs> off because you're doing it seven quid at a time each time. You suddenly think, shit, I've spent fucking 87 quid sort of thing in one, in, in 10 minutes. It's like online casino or something, except at least I get except, a jumper. At least I get a jumper at the end of it. Except I have a deep sensed, de- deep seated feeling of self loathing, which I imagine that people who <laughs> lose money at gambling must have. So, um, yeah, instead you get, you know, some polo shirts that may or may not fit you, you know. Is. Indeed. Anna S says, Vinted is great. I've made about 200 quid in the last couple of months on a few bits. I'd say I, I can't be asked selling anything on there. Selling, and doing selling, ad, selling just, is admin. But I knew that Anna would be all over that. That's because it's a very sensible thing to do. So Yeah, I can't. Who, who's got the time and the inclination to sell? God bless. Like, more power to your elbow if you are, but I ain't got time for that shit. So that, where did we start? That was in contact. So that's how the people get in touch with you when you, you do clothing <laughs> on, on your, uh, you know, yeah. box underscore mag. Indeed. Uh, we're on the Sports Social Network. We're available mm-hmm. wherever you get podcasts from. We're also mostly available uh, on patreon.com. Back once again for the Renegade Slasher. D4 damage and the ill behavior with the ill behavior with the ill behavior with the ill behavior with the ill behavior. Blood and mud. Where you can uh, come along and get yourself extra episodes for two quid a month or twenty quid for the whole year. Access to the aforementioned Facebook group to just see just how fucking shit my life is, and I build wardrobes at the weekend. And uh, <laughs> you can also get all your extra episodes, and you get extra bits of the bits of episodes and everything else, and all that kind of stuff. You also get the Patreon messaging service and all that kind of stuff. Um, or the two quid a month or twenty quid for the year, or you can pay five pound a month or fifty quid for the year and come into the VIP suites where you get a player bio. And we have had one this week, Josh. Hello. Oh, I would fun. like to give a gigantic shout out to Harry Mill. Hi, Harry. 
Harry, the wind mill. Mm. See what I did there? Surprisingly, has no lack of has no pace whatsoever. He gets his name as he's renowned for farting in the face of his flank and lock teammates when playing tight head prop for meat and two veggians RFC thirteen. That's just shit ass behaviour. I'm sorry. No. Drives a 2002 Honda Civic. <laughs> it's a good year. It's a good year. Uh, so thank you very much, Harry. You get to have extra stuff and that bio and the warm feeling of doing something, you know, giving us a bit of support. So thank to all of you who do that. It's uh, it, it remains amazing that it, the numbers stay as they are and, and grow a little bit each month. So Indeed. thank you so very much. Have we reached that time of the... We, we've started quite early, haven't we, Just Well, we haven't, but no. relatively speaking. Shall we begin as we always begin with a player spotted, Josh? I think we probably should, yeah. Between the Sticks has DM'd on the Twitter. He says, On my way home on the Wednesday evening before the Scotland versus Wales game, I encountered not one but two Scotland internationals in the co-op on Lothian Road in Edinburgh. Hit me. In Lancashire, they call the co-op the co-op. <laughs> True story. Which I guess and, sort of makes sense in the in a sort of Lancashire accent. Yeah, and, and the co-op or the co-op were very famous for doing funerals back in yes. the day. Horse, yes. They still are, aren't they? Yeah. Horse-drawn funerals, and they used to have horses to pull their groceries around. Mm. So they used to have the corp horse. Yeah. So there was a there's a saying in language which my mum still uses, which somebody's a bit toothy. Which is which is he's got ten more teeth than the corp horse, which is which is a wonderful <laughs> a nice. wonderful phrase. Isn't that it? is lovely. Um, anyway, so Scotland International. In the co-op or co-op on Lothian Road in Edinburgh, the first was Gloucester Scotland and Lions defensive linchpin Chris Harris. Tory Chris Harris, yeah, buying some toothpaste. I mean, everybody, everybody has to. Everybody what has to. What kind of toothpaste is Chris Harris buying? Is um, it high end? Do you think? Well, I mean, he is, is a it pearl drops? Probably, is it Arm yeah. and Hammer? Is it a niche one? <laughs> it's probably one of those like newfangled fancy charcoal ones, but I don't know if they'd sell them in the co-op. That's he probably just that, that is an elaborate con, isn't it? Charcoal, yeah, it must be. It, it must be. It's like <laughs> you realize what you're doing to yourself here, right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's fundamentally silly. Um, he probably just has Colgate Total like everybody else, you know. Maybe with whitening because we very sensible. Like Depends what's on offer. If it was a two for one on, he might have gone Aquafresh. You know what I mean? Oof, hello, Aquafresh is very cheap. It was very, very. Uh... My when I was growing up, and I was the only person that I knew, but my parents used to um, have a toothpaste called Mentadent P. Yes, I remember Mentadent P. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, literally that was only... niche. You, you're a was... fucking hipster from back in the day. <laughs> Like it wasn't even that good. And like, and my mother, like, I think they stopped selling it in Tesco's or whatever, and then my mother just switched to Colgate, to Colgate about 15 years ago. But like throughout her entire life, I just had mentored NP. We were always Col Col we were Colgate. Well, we were very brand loyal now, I think about it, because we were Colgate, which is what we just get, and Palmolive. And Colgate Palmolive were like one big conglomerate. I think they're all over like SmithKline now or something. But Almost certainly, yes. But yeah. There was a dividing line in my family. There were Palmolive people, which was me 
and me one auntie, and then the other side, me nan, and mm. the other auntie was imperial leather, uh, which had a little sticker mean. on it. Yeah, I always found the sticker annoying. <laughs> Quite right, too. We were a shield family. Remember shield? What, soap? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Uh, maybe again, again. I don't know where my parents were fucking buying this shit. I don't know you. <laughs> but like, Shield was like a, a sort of green bar with like Shield stamped in it. Beautiful. No, genuinely, sometimes if I sometimes I feel like I grew up in the nineteen sixties because like some I'm sure some of these things shouldn't exist anymore. But hey ho. Kerry Jones well, says Acrofresh is what we use all the time here. Only one that my wife likes the taste of. NRS says Aquafresh and Vianetta 90 sophistication. Beautiful. Absolutely, yes. I always thought that Aquafresh people were a bit fancy because they had that advert. It was yeah. like, oh, the tuspate with the stripes. It was like, oh, I genuinely. Mo- with stripes. My God. Most toothpastes taste the same to me. So, Kerry, I'm amazed that your wife is so attuned. I, I genuinely couldn't tell you the difference. Like, I noticed when I switched over from Mentadent to Colgate because, like, Mentadent was quite unique. Well, it was pink for starters. I was going to say it was, um, it was pink, wasn't it? I'm yeah. Not having a false also, memory like, here. In the in the, by the sort of tail end of my family using it, I'm pretty sure it was only produced in South Africa. Which see the, the littles system. of this world have revolutionised this, where they just sell white mint toothpaste for thirty five pence, and it's exactly, exactly the same as everything else, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah. So, yeah I've watched. I've been watching a few TV programs recently. The mm-hmm. gold is very worth a watch about Brinks Matt, by the way. On if you haven't oh, yeah. play. but at the um, when they show little kids eating their breakfast, and this is mm. a completely new thing on me. Mm. And then after they finish eating their breakfast before school, they go right, go and brush your teeth now. That never that never happened in my house. In my house, you brushed your teeth, and then you just yeah. you ate your breakfast, and you went to school. There was no. I mean, I know you had like minty toast or whatever it was you ended up having, but that's just. The idea of coming downstairs unbrushed, eating, then also, returning upstairs for brushing. Also, I think that that is the a dentist would say that's the wrong way to do it, because is it? because when you brush your teeth, like you're not just like scraping off the shit. <laughs> not scraping off the cocoa pops and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like obviously that is part of it, but like you're applying. You know, that's why you shouldn't wash your mouth out with water. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't wash your mouth out with water after you've when you spit because the purpose of the toothpaste is to sit on your teeth and be absorbed by your teeth and provide a shield. Whereas, if you know, particularly if you're having like orange juice or anything like that in the morning, putting those onto like undefended teeth is probably much worse than doing it when you know you've you brushed 15 minutes ago, it tastes a bit minty, but you know, it's. Effective. Rob Diamond says, "I eat then brush my teeth." Wife is the opposite. The kid, the kids are confused. Oh, it's well, absolute chaos breakfast time in the Diamond household. The, um, and anyway, you need I mean, to have a fucking how? united front of this, Rob. You can't be letting your kids run a fucking mock while you're exactly. not presenting. Be, Even if you disagree with each other, there's got to be, be one fucking line in front of yeah. them because I am telling you, they'll exploit anything that they see. Don't let them <laughs> do it. Anyway, meanwhile, back in the corp on Lothian mm. Road in Edinburgh. Yes, Chris Harris. Tory Chris Harris is posh toothpaste. Chris has bought... Well, we're just assuming that, so we don't know what toothpaste he's bought, but there he is, yeah. 
He said, I would have said that he was, this is this is between the sticks now, saying I would have said he was the most handsome man to put on the Lions jersey, but then I remember that Alan Dell was part of the Geography 6, so he'd have to yeah. have to settle for seconds. Well, it can't be denied that. It's just fact, isn't it? Outrageously handsome man, Alan Dell. Like, there are some that in our Facebook group that were claiming that other Scottish players, not least Blair Cowan, were the equal or surpasser of Alan Dell's handsomeness. And quite frankly, those people are fucking dangerous deviants. No, I know. And you know we, we nearly brought the admin down on them, didn't we? And said, you got to get kicked out of this group for such ridiculous Blair Cowan is not, Blair Cowan is not an attractive man. He's got a nice hair. And he's not an unattractive man. Not an unattractive man. But I tell you what, look at photos of him before he grew his hair out and had his beard and tell me that that's an attractive, handsome man in the, to the same level that Alan Dell is. It's simply not. He's got great hair hmm. and that's and a great beard and it does make him look at least 40% handsomer. I'll be well, the first to admit that. It's like when you see photos of uh, Cheval without a beard. And he's dramatic. I was just about to say that, that Shabal with a beard and the hair somehow became, in people's eyes, 10 times a better rugby player than he actually was. Yeah, and 10 times sexier. (laughs) Yeah, Shabal with his beard and the hair does funny things to my wife. I have to keep her away from the television. Whereas Alan Dell is just genuinely like fucking movie star handsome. (laughs) And he's a prop. It shouldn't make sense, but it does. And he's got a hell of a smile on him. Woof. So then, anyway, meanwhile, as I've said, back in the corp in Lothian mm-hmm. Road in Edinburgh, between the six elders, he was then joined in the queue by Mr. 100% try-scoring record against England, none other than Ben White. Uh-huh. He was clutching a pack of blue-ribboned biscuits like it was the starting oh, nine hell. jersey. I hope this is suitably mundane, and I always thoroughly enjoy your work, says between the six. Well, thank you very much for that. I mean, ben, was ben, ben White also born in the past, like me? I mean, Blue Ribbon Biscuits are a spectacularly low-end purchase for an international rugby player, aren't they? I mean, Nan always had Blue Ribbon Biscuits in the biscuit tin, and exactly. they are unequivocally, and you some know... Of the, some shit. of the most mundane biscuits. Like, really? What I, about, 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 what I love about the Blue Ribbon Biscuit, if you look closely, it says, wafer with a chocolate flavour coating. Uh, so it's even qualifying the fact that this isn't really chocolate, you know. This has basically been sprayed out of a paint gun. It's it. I just can't get. I can't. I can't get on board with. Like, I'm just surprised they still even sell them. I that is. I genuinely thought they're a bit like the striper and things like yes. that. They'd gone. They'd gone to the to the board in the nineties. But uh, like pink wafers, you never see them anymore. Oh, I've I'm seen sure them. They still exist. They but... do still exist. I remember being in—I think I told you this before—and I was in—I was in Tesco in Hollywell, and there was a kid who must have been—he was in a blazer, looked about thirteen. This was at quarter to eight in the morning. He was at the the serve yourself till mm. with a packet of pink wafers, a can of Monster, and a Wham bar. I tell you what, his bodily excretions. <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine cover. being his teacher. In second period, when that all hits, that all kicks in, or even worse, when you come over the other side of that and the crash hits. <laughs> yeah, his half two to half three lesson would have been just like beyond a joke. Yeah, but yeah, that would have been his entire fucking lunch money on that, wouldn't it? He's oh, just dropped time. about two fifty on 
that at quarter to eight in the morning. But I, I admired him. It's the kind of shit I'd like to put. Absolutely. I've got a lot of time for him. So, yeah, Blue Ribbon Biscuits, man. What a shit, shit. Unless he was buying them ironically for some reason. I don't know. Maybe something, you know. Maybe he's just one of those people that just likes something, you know, a bit more. Like, you know, he's a simple man of simple pleasures. And he those is. pleasures yeah. are apparently Blue Ribbon Biscuits. Absolutely shite. Terrible. Awful. There's a North Wales word for things that are cheap and nasty, and I quite like it. It's Burmo. <laughs> And Blue Ribbons are quite possibly the most Burmo biscuits that have ever... Well, no, I think maybe... I've, I think we've had this before. The worst biscuit to ever have been created, in my mind, is the Penguin. Bang average biscuit. Well, you, you can't take a bourbon and cover it in a bit of extra shit chocolate and tell me that it's raining. Do you know what I mean? Also, the one... like And, and, and again, stick some chocolate-flavoured something or another... In between, dreadful. Oh, frankly, like if you've ever, you know, you've ever been in the sort of orbit of an Australian, nevertheless been there. You've had a Tim Tam. Like you'll never want to go back to a penguin. Like not have one of them. The Tim, the Tim Tam is fundamentally identical to a penguin. So how's it, how's it not terrible? Then? It's just dramatically better. All of all of the items are. Of a much higher standard, and therefore it is a vastly superior product. And it just—it just goes to show, like it's not about what you do. It's about the if you haven't got the basic raw materials. It's like anything else we talk about on this podcast. If you haven't got the fundamental, core, physical attributes, it's a waste of time. You wasted everyone's time. So. Thank you mm. very much, Between Mystics, for prom- for prompting that healthy debate and get back into the old times. And thank you very much to uh, to both Chris Harris and Ben White for being in that corp. And but thank you most of all, I think, for Alan Dell for being beautiful. So goddamn sexy. <laughs> uh, Facebook user says, "Yeah, penguins are significantly improved and therefore acceptable." If you use them as a straw for your brew, no Facebook user. That's that the Tim Tam straw is an Australian thing, and we they've just, and Penguin have just co-opted that, like the colonisers that they are. How on? What do you do? Put a hole through the middle and then suck no, it. You, the bite the top, bite a bit off the top, bite a bit off the bottom, and to, I'll level with you. It is great. That sounds absolutely fucking gash. Oh no, it's uh, it's delightful because then you end up with a load of like melted chocolate and shit crumbs in your brew. No, because it basically sort of disintegrates as you eat it, and then it sort of just turns into a sort of wonderful warm tea chocolatey biscuity thing. Oh, it's delicious. That what like like a sort of lukewarm fucking dishwater and grit. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. no. I I don't. I won't knock it till I've tried it. Right, but that sounds dreadful. And it's got to, it's got to be a Tim Tam. It can't be a, a a penguin. I won't. You bite one. You bite the corner off each. So basically, you're fundamentally maintaining the integrity of the biscuit. And then you just use that. You the tea goes through the chocolate. It slightly melts the chocolate. It slightly warms the inside, and then the biscuit becomes a sort of soft, delicious uh, thing. It's a. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think Australia's got many things right. <laughs> but um, unserious rugby and 
the Tim Tam straw. Well, you've got to balance the white Australia policy against the Tim Tam, haven't you? And see what, see how they come out <laughs> as a nation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's like everything else. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the negative column, but there are, you've got to acknowledge there are some. But you've got to acknowledge some some stuff, haven't you? So. Thank you very much for all that. Some a lot of people say that rock and roll have had biscuit chat as well. Not surprising, given that we're of the same hive mind, effectively. So, uh, but uh, we will stop Indeed. that now. So, thank you very much for that between the sticks. If you've got a player spotted, you can get in touch with us on the DM and send it in, or you could obviously, if you want to become a member of the lovely mm. Patreon, you can become to patreon.com slash mm. mud and mud, where you can then use a Patreon messaging service to send the there likes of these things in. So, you could do all of that. So, should we do some news, Josh? I think we should do some news, yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Can I start off with some news that we missed last week? Yes. Because we weren't on. And it's not the Wales thing. I'd just like to say that lovely listener and, and fellow rugby player of mine from last year, Dale Whittington, gets in touch. Mm-hmm. And we missed this last week. I was going to say this last week. He said, but hello, Lee. Not sure if you want to put this in your pod as a good or whatever, but friend, his friend and our friend of the pod, Gavin Thomas, hello, Gav, play, was playing his 300th game for St. Wow. Leonard's Rugby Club last week. Unbelievable. Dale says, granted, some of those were five minutes at the end of the match, but the vast majority were full games, and more recently, he has volunteered, in inverted commas, to play front row so we don't forfeit league points by going uncontested. A huge stalwart of the club and very much a good friend. Honestly, hats off to him. Well done, Gav. Gav. Um, and to move into the front row, you know, it's just, it's beyond the call of duty, really. Yeah. I mean, like, especially at this point in your career, to just go, you know what, I'll, I'll move even one further forwards. I'll go to the worst part. <laughs> However, well, more on this later. So pause that thought. So that's a bit of news from the lower leagues that down there in Sussex, uh, Gav has uh, played his 300th game. So well done to you. And thank you, Dale, for amazing about that. Ridiculous. What other Um, news have we got in, you know, less important rugby than that? Breaking news. The saddest of all news is, uh, for me, uh, frankly, uh, is that my special little son, Andrew Capuazzo, is... uh, out of the Six Nations with a shoulder injury, which I bet James I mean, Lowe's done that. That fucking big bastard. Yes, the fucking horrible head dick. I know. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Oh, it's not a bad one. Apparently, he'll only he'll miss about three or four weeks. He should be back uh, for the uh, knockout stages of the height of the 
Challenge Cup or Champions Cup, I should say. Uh, but he will miss the Wales game and miss the Scotland game, which is extremely good news for Wales and Scotland. <laughs> um, for Wales in particular, yes. Particularly for Wales, yeah. Um, but just bad news for the rest of us, frankly. And uh, those of us who love joy, which is, you know, the rest of the world. Yes, uh, in other news, there's some breaking news in Wales that players, some players who are on 250 grand at the minute are going to be offered 30 grand next year, is what Ben James is currently breaking uh, in Wales online, I believe. Yeah, so... Yeah. Do you want to touch on whatever you would have said last week at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, part, like, part of it is sort of related to the England game, but um, yeah, so the situation is that, like, we know that Cardiff have 400k left on their budget for next season, um, with two thirds of this with of this new tiny salary cap that that, that uh, the WRU has decided to um, to impose on them from next season, which is taking it down from about five and a half million down to four point six or something like that. It's fuck all basically, um, and yeah, they've got 400. K left on their budget and they probably need about 12 to 15 players to make a workable squad um <clears throat> which do the maths and you can do the maths on that one it's it's not great and um and that's not even to have a good squad that's just to like not get dramatically worse than they are at the moment which isn't even that good um and part of the bigger part of the re that reason is that you know they've got all these players who are currently on, um, you know deals that the WRU have basically made for them, where their earners are now on you know on huge salaries, and some of their even medium earners are on huge salaries. Um, they wanted to get rid of Josh Adams and Liam Williams, who both got plenty of suitors in Japan and uh, France respectively. Um well, the WRU basically said, no, you can't we will not let you release these lads from their contracts early um to go and play in France. So that would have given them probably another seven or eight hundred K to work with. And like the difference between having like a million or one point two million to spend on fifteen players, which is still not a lot, mm. but it's still being able to offer those players like, you know, seventy, eighty K a year yeah. instead of third like twenty six, I think it worked out as per player. Um, so yeah, like that, that's the situation that the Blues and, and the other regions, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, will find themselves in um, going into next season. Is that you know they've got these huge millstone contracts that the WIU have basically agreed with these players without their involvement in because the WIU previously contracted the elite thirty-eight players independently of the regions and then. And now all those contracts are being moved over to having to be, you know, carried and paid for by the regions. Um, and yeah, the, you know, they the WIU obviously wants to keep as many players in Wales as possible, particularly the big names, because they need those big name players to be around for that lucrative out of window international that they do in the autumn, you know. If they don't have Liam Williams and they don't have Falatau and they don't have Josh Adams and they don't have, you know, two thirds of the squad or whatever available for that game, then all of a sudden you can't put a match on against Australia or 
New Zealand or South Africa, it has to be, you know, somebody like Canada or you're going to get absolutely pumped and it's going to be embarrassing. So, I mean, they get absolutely pumped and it'd be embarrassing anyway. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad but, you said it because, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So instead, like, you get a situation where the Blues are, I, 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 I say, you know, they're saying to these players that, you know, want to stay in Cardiff and want to, you know, they're saying, you know, because of the WRU, your wages are now, you know, and some of these guys are internationals, you know, they're not like, they're not like fringe players. Some of them are recent or current internationals. And they're saying, to them, if you stay, you're on 250 grand at the moment. Um, we might be able to offer you 30. And, and for that, and then, uh, uh, this was apparently put to players on Thursday, which is obviously a day or two after the the piece in our time fucking moment outside the veil. It just goes to show that the whole thing is is so far from over. Like the WRU desperately wants us to think that it's over because they've had that, you know, public thing on the steps outside the hotel telling everyone that just because that game went ahead doesn't mean that any of this is really resolved. No player in Wales that's out of contract in the summer currently has a contract that he's able to sign or has even been offered. Um, the regions still haven't even seen the detail of the new agreement as of this morning um, that would enable them to offer them. And yet you've got Nigel, Owens, uh, Nigel Walker going on TV on Saturday and saying, oh, if they haven't offered the players contracts by the end of the week, I'll be holding their feet to the fire. And it's like, Nigel, you're talking absolute shit mate <laughs> because you you know why they haven't been able to offer them contracts yet because you haven't even got them the the framework the detailed framework of how these regions are expected to operate and you're expecting them to just offer contracts that might render them entirely unaffordable and so yeah like there's players in that Cardiff squad who will be offered more money in the championship as in the RFU Championship yes. and have been offered better money in the Championship and they will be able to stay at Cardiff. Um, there's some of them that will be better off going and getting a real job and playing semi-pro and they'll probably earn more money doing that way. <laughs> like, and that is the situation that Welsh Rugby is finding itself in if the WIU doesn't do the sensible thing and sorts out the budget, at least until all current contracts are over with because there's, they're still expected to honor these legacy contracts that, you know, where players are earning 300, 400 K hmm. and ha like that's six, that's like five or six players on it's a four and a half million pound budget. And you've got single individual players in there earning 400 K that's, that is mad. But you can't then just go, oh, well, your budget's 400K now. Uh, your budget's four and a half million now, but you've still got all these legacy players that you've got to pay for for a year or two. How is How does that work? What in what In On what planet does that seem like prudent, sensible, like financial anything? It's just, it's, as, it's asking one of or more of the regions to fail, which increasingly feels like what they want. Yes, it's um, isn't it mad that it's only this union that is constantly these conversations keep. Well, it's not mad, really. It's very typical in many ways, but it's 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 uh, 
It's you know, I mean, Scotland have been through it a bit, haven't they? And and he've but they got something equilibrium with it. It still wasn't. It didn't go on for as long as this with so well, much. Fucking... Scotland had Scotland, you know, cut their regions early. You know, they got rid of the borders like what fifteen years ago now, probably more. Yeah. And they also just went well. All of our best players can go and play abroad, and we'll live with that. And we'll use Edinburgh and Glasgow, you know, we'll use Edinburgh and Glasgow to develop players up to a point. But when they start demanding Finn Russell or Stuart Hogg money, then they can go to France or they can go to to England. And and it works well, for, you know. It, it, mm. it, I mean, you say it works well for them. They've, you know, all Scottish rugby has got to show for that in the last, you know, in the entire professional era is a Five Nations title in 1999 and Glasgow winning the Pro 14 in 2014. Um, but certainly it looks like a more sustainable model now. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's, you know, Welsh rugby has kind of attempted to spend itself into a, a position of strength over the last 15 years. And, it, you know, it's worked on the international stage. But ultimately, there was no plan to sort of make that sustainable. And well, it all comes into sharp relief, doesn't it, when the international teams stop doing well? Yeah, exactly. As soon as that happened, you know, and obviously, COVID was a big part of that as well. Yeah. But like, as soon as that happened, the wheels started coming off, and then the wheels had just become more and more impressively off um, with each thing that you know each increasing thing of stupidity that comes out of the WRU and having unqualified people running you know say what you like about Mark Dodson and he's seeing a hurricane thing like <laughs> he has managed to make you know the numbers add up with Scottish rugby in a way that hasn't caused total chaos and you know, even with the you know the RFU were like hundred million quid in debt a couple of years ago, and they still managed to weather the storm. But the WIU seems incapable of being able to do it. And I think he's, Michael Alwyn wrote a very, as he often does, um, good piece in the Guardian today, where he basically said that like at top levels, you know, professional sport is basically like your passion and in like uh, international sports, success in international sports is basically passion and interest multiplied by your gdp and that is how you that is how successful you can be in international sports and for the last 10 years Welsh rugby has spent beyond what its passion and interest times its gdp is let's be honest hmm. and and now we're in a situation where everything is unaffordable and yeah, it's. I don't know what the what the out is, to be honest. No, I don't either. But I suppose it's it's just it's it's very difficult. To, there's just there doesn't appear to be, and I'm sure there must be people trying, by the way. But there doesn't appear to be any good faith at all in any no, conversation. No, the reality happens. is, since regional rugby has happened, there has been absolutely no trust between any of the entities in Welsh rugby for twenty years. No matter how many entities oh. you create. Yeah. Indeed. But Indeed. The, um... You know, Ryan Puffell makes a point. He says that, you know, the WRU chose to spend £5 million refurbishing all his hospitality boxes in the Principality Stadium last year. 
Now you can say that that's you know spending money to make money, but also yeah. five million would pay for an entire region's playing budget for a year. You know, or if you gave that five million to the four regions, they could have a you know they could probably not go out of business this year. And it's it's a case of where the money is. The money is always seems to be being spent on things that will, you know, generate money themselves without realizing that the only thing that actually generates money, in the grand scheme of things, is the fucking product on field, the players, and you know the players are starting to realize that themselves as they demonstrated last week, and you know the. The WIU is, or they can have the nicest hospitality boxes and the fanciest fucking hotel in the world. But if there's the product on field is shit, the WIU, the Welsh rugby is fucked. And there's just, there's no, there's, for years there's been a refusal to accept that and a refusal to see that, that, that those players and that product is the thing that makes the money and has to be protected and now it's too late almost it's like there's 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 no pulling us back from whatever nosedive we're currently in we're gonna have to hit the bottom and hit it hard and hope that there's something left to fucking save at the end of it which is very sad and very bleak i know but like yeah more on that later when we talk about you know the actual mm. thing that people turn up to work <coughs> the uh yes. have you got any more news Oh, have I, have I ever? Um, oh, excuse me, I'm going to have a slight <laughs> coughing fit here. There we go. Right. Um, Ireland are going to get uh, Ty Furlong, Gary Ringrose, Johnny Saxon, Jameson Gibson Park, and Robbie Henshaw back for Scotland. Uh, which bong bong. <laughs> um, flip side is Finley Bealham is out for the Six Nations with uh, terrible head. No, oh, sorry, knee injury. Um, but uh, on the balance, I think. Yeah, having your four most important players and your best 12 back is probably net good for Ireland there, I would say. Yeah. Uh, best RG Snyman's back. Yes. Yeah. Finally back in the frame for Munster. It'd just stay away from bonfires. Yeah. All his skin's grown back. His knee's been straightened. Yeah. And he's finally back running about again. Jesus. Let's see I mean, you... if he can last. What I like. Longer than a, longer than a half like penny warm up. Like honestly, you just hope that he can just get a good run of games, man. Like, everything he's been through, just just. just yeah, well, we want to see him, don't we? That's the other thing. Of course we do. I mean, fans want to see him. It's probably been terrible for him, hasn't it? As well, but we all want to see him running about in the earth, don't we? Yeah, he's still a, he's you know an exceptional lock when he's fit. It's just a and case box of, office, you know, a bit, yeah. a bit of fun, isn't it? Uh, staying uh, with Ireland, then uh, Leo mm-hmm. Cullen signed a two-year contract extension at Leinster, uh, which is interesting because he's always been on like a one-year rolling deal at Leinster since. He and that can't there. be their decision, can it? Well, I wonder if it's him. Yeah, it's him going. Oh, what if Stuart Lancaster is actually the brains behind all this operation? <laughs> I I need a bit of. Job oh, whether it's him going, I actually want an out, really, and I don't. I don't and yeah, I'm not yeah, interested yeah. in like making them pay me seven hundred grand to go or whatever, you know. I might just feel like going. Interesting. Indeed. Uh, Eddie Jones is getting the band back together in Sydney because Brett Hodgson, fresh off being uh, cut loose by England after about four weeks, uh, is now Australia's defence coach. Um, absolutely no idea if he's any good at his job. But And the, uh, you know, the forwards coach Eddie... has left and gone to Leicester, hasn't he, for next year? Yes, indeed. So, uh, 
to be the head coach at Leicester. So I can't work out why that's a too good an opportunity. Already just went, you, yeah, you you're not in my plans. Yes, you are not for me. Um, in funny news, but I might want you back in six months. Um, just, you know. <laughs> uh, in in funny news, um, the Springboks want Nigel Owens to be their referee and consultant at uh, the World Cup, which is quite similar, to be honest. Like looking at somebody like Ronnie O'Sullivan and going, "God, you're like the greatest snooker player to ever live, and your natural ability to like calculate angles and geometry must just be, you know, genius level." Uh, would you like to be a maths teacher? <laughs> <laughs> just because he looks good doing it on TV doesn't mean he's going to be able to go teaching other people how to do it or indeed understand what it is that he was doing in the first place because if nothing else Nigel's various media stop-offs being the I'll explain the rules to you guy um, Saturday being a textbook example by the way on the World England game just a man that clearly has never read the rules of the game that he was once regarded as the finest referee. And <laughs> somehow it worked. The lesson and it, 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 it worked. It, in Nigel's pomp, it absolutely worked. I don't understand how he's going to be able to provide South African players and coaches with the level of sort of like technical detail about things like ruck entry. Um, that when Some people are not very good at explaining was. why they're good at things, are they? Have you ever, have you ever no, heard Alex Ferguson trying to articulate why you were such an amazing mm. leader? He, he really struggles terrible. to explain what it is he actually did. He did loads of amazing stuff, but he can't really... Yeah. Because I think he just turned up and instinctively did things, and it somehow, because he was a genius, it all, it all paid off. Which is not to do him down. I'm not saying he didn't think about this stuff, but he certainly struggles to articulate it anyway. Mm. So we move on from news now. That's anything obvious. Sam Bedlow's uh, going yes. back to fucking sale from Bristol. Yeah. There you go. The end of the news. Indeed. Before we get into talking about the weekend, I think it's time to remind everybody about our Fanzo Guinness Pipe Predictor League, Josh. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, we've got nearly 300 people in said league now. Thank you all mm. of you who joined in. And it's uh, you get a chance... To pick scores, to have a chance to win a pint for yourself or a pint to give away by picking the right score and the right score margin and all that kind of stuff. So there's 292. I'm in 184th. I mean... No I'm danger not... of being relegated, but nothing to play for either, really, at well, this well, stage. Well, I am, actually, because... Well, we'll come on to that in a minute. I feel like I've done quite well, but I, I picked th- Wales to win this weekend by four oh, points. That was very That's silly. A... That was really silly. I, I don't, don't think he was. I don't think he was as silly as it was, though. I think you know a few <laughs> no, things. Well, we'll come on to it that. But, uh, it wasn't. Uh, so we go quite... to the top top ten or at least the top five of what's happened in the in the league. I think um, we better add, yeah. Andy Finn is in top position. Uh, 147 points, England fan Andy Finn. Cat McCardle is second, 146 points. It's neck and neck up there. Andy Finn had one perfect score pick. Cat McCardle's had two perfect score picks. Wow, fabulously. Um, Will Gatt, whose name I can't see, the rest of it of, he's had two, he's on in, in third. Gordon White is in fourth. Zero perfect picks, but still managed to be in fourth. So obviously very consistent. Well done there, Gordon. And in fifth is a certain Joshua Gardner. Hello there. See, what's happened here, right, is that there has been a glorious sort of convergence where my pessimism, natural pessimism about Wales, where I think they're going to lose every week, has 
sort of converged with the reality where Wales are fucking shit and they're going to lose every week. And and it, it it's just sort of become this this marvelous sort of thing where all of a sudden all of my I, I'm usually very good at guessing the outcome of most games with the exception of Wales ones where I just always think Wales are going to lose even if we win. So at the moment I just have to sort of keep not back in Wales and I'm fine. One perfect score as well. Fuck me, I'm doing all right. I know, yeah, you're doing all right there. I'm three. Scottish, Scottish bookworm here says you must be catchy. So they always feel like I'm betraying my team, but I'm in second, so I'm not sure what's for the best. <laughs> well, you know, do you, do you want the glory of being correct or the you know? Because to be honest, your team's got to win or lose, whatever you say, cat. So don't worry about it. Um. So if you want to get involved in that, you can go to the Fanzo app. Uh, you can download that and you can go to the Guinness Pipe Predictor League and you can look for the league. And if it asks you to enter a league code, you can put in blood and mud, or one word, blood and mud, and you can join our league. A couple of rounds left, you can still join in, win some pints, see how you get on against everybody else. And it'll all be, uh, you know, something to do, a bit more interesting yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So thank you very much, everybody joined in. Come and join in should you feel the need to do so. Now then, we are now into talking, or about to talk, about the weekend, where we will yeah, say we goodbye to our non-patron listeners, because, you know, you're oh. not patron, you don't get to it. But you know what to do? You've been told enough times now, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting involved it's anymore. It's true. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Shall we finish? Oh, that, that's the end of the weekend, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. A full fucking hour on that. Good Lord. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. Didn't hear any of that. You know what to do yeah. if you want to. Two quid. It's what's going to cost you. Blood and mud. Uh, Patreon.com slash blood and mud. Yeah. Should we start off with, should we finish on shit good quickly for the last five minutes should, and yeah. get this out of the way? So shit, what have you got? Um, Thomas Williams, right? <laughs> no, let me... I like Thomas Williams, right? I think he's, in terms of ability, yeah. the best scrum off in Wales. I also think... I like a bit of cheeky as well. You like a bit of I like, cheeky. Yeah, right? and I, I like him, as, but like his determination to play fast is completely at odds with his ability to play fast. And like time and time again on Saturday, whenever Wales were getting moderately quick ball, but it was because he was spaffing the ball off <laughs> out of the ruck with not a, with not even a hint of accuracy or precision. And like then players having to catch balls up in the air or by their knees or behind. It's also them. like they hadn't been trained that that's what was going to happen. With England, you get the feeling that what well, we're just going to fucking move everything. Yeah, there was no there was no yeah. sense like that quick tap that he took. 
Literally Which nobody else. There's two of them. Yeah, literally nobody else in that Wales 15 knew he was going to do that. My and favourite quick tap was one on the free kick from the scrum when all his forwards were still had their heads on the ground and their arses yeah, up in the air. Look, and off he went. And then for a first breakdown, they were like, penalty. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> There's nobody there to clear any of this out. <laughs> like, he's all haste. It's like a haste versus speed thing. Yes. He's all haste. and it should, and it... At least he was this weekend. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think it's just I can't. I don't know who should play nine for Wales because I don't like any of the options. But I'm not sure he's the best one anymore. Isn't Hardy like third choice at Scarlets now? And his son on yeah. the bench. And you know he's a much worse player than Thomas is, but it kind of he's at least a little bit more precise. At least you know everything. what you're getting. Yeah. yeah. Andy Broadshaw gets in touch. He says, "Shit is Owen Farrell if he's missing kicks." If he's missing his kicks like that, get forward and if you aren't going to risk Smith for a whole game, his captaincy isn't good enough to cover for his loss of form. I get the feeling that it's waiting for Ford to be fit, aren't they? I think that's probably what's going to happen, isn't it? Um, Jack Hurst gets in touch. He says, shit, is Kirby Lonsdale losing a game by nearly 200 points? Have you seen this? I saw that fucking hell. So the struggling Cumbrian club, Kirby Lonsdale, uh, went down 190 nil at Blackburn. <sighs> Yeah, it's not the record though. Apparently, the record really? is um, in 1973 when Comet beat Lindo 194 nil, which I'm assuming was some inter-department store game. Um, <laughs> Must have been surely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Comet 190 nil. Now that really, and apparently they've already been relegated, but they've still got to do God knows how many games of this season. They might have to get a There's always next year's special. I think they might have a pod on their own. Yeah, God love them. They haven't even they haven't put the results up on the website yet on their own website, which I think is, is kind of a understandable. So you wouldn't rush to put that score up, would you? No. What else we got? The shit here. Dan Shears gets in touch. Said shit is Gatland King and whoever else developed the game plan on Saturday. It's rare that I agree with Jiffy. Ooh. You're on shaky ground on this podcast with this, Dan. But the tactics on Saturday were brain dead and the team looked scared to vary from them. I fully get the turmoil players are going through, but that was far from the blood and thunder I'd anticipated. What point did you... Why did you anticipate blood and thunder? <laughs> like, did you see mentality what, and all that, wasn't it? Did I you guess? not see what Ken Owens looked like in that interview on Wednesday? <laughs> just looked like a man that had literally just broken him. Yeah. Like, and... He's, you know, he's the fucking captain. Like, why was I? I didn't get this. Why was everybody expecting a response? It's like these lads literally. I've been to like, it's going. Yeah, go and do your job. By the way, uh, you might not have a job next week. Like, I would, uh, if you've ever been in like redundancy consultation, think about how productive you are at work when you're going through like a redundancy <laughs> consultation. That's basically what Welsh rugby is like at the moment. Fucking hell. Hugo Gordon gets in touch. He says, shit is Fimley Beelan being out. Doesn't always get the plaudits, but has been arguably the best title in the tournament over the first two rounds. Yeah. I just, can't, I just can't get past his appropriating get, hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't get past the peripheral character in Vikings look. <laughs> uh, David Peacock gets in touch. He says, shit is player ratings. As a lecturer in sports science, it boils my piss, the lack of descriptive criteria and pissing in the wind for it. Telegraph being the worst offender, giving Owen Williams a seven and five and six for Farrell and Ollie Lawrence, respectively. I had to write 
player ratings once for the Guardian last year. I used to do it on the blog, but I'd forgot what it was like. It's a fucking terrible job. It's awful. You pick, you're, you're picking a number and you're trying to just sum up somebody's performance in a in a in a sentence and a half from a game you watched half an hour ago and trying to analyze 46 <laughs> players' performances in one <laughs> sentence each. It's fucking awful. It's nonsense. It's an absolute nonsense. Especially the on the fucking final whistle ones. They're the worst. Ryan Pinfold gets in touch. He says, shit, Thomas Williams. Yes. Yep. Uh, and shit. Matthew Raynal giving free kicks and penalties for early engagement, but it was his five-minute gap between bind and set that was causing the problem. <laughs> it's true. Pure it's anticipation true. builder. <laughs> and then when it's finally over, the anticipation was just for people to like come together in the scrum. Terrible, mm. terrible film. Any more shit from you? No, not from me. So good, we've already mentioned that I've put what you've put, which was Lorenzo Canoni, who was just wonderful. Unbelievable player. Um, good from me. Hot off the press, just announced as we've been on air. Um, the uh, first female British and Irish Lions tour has been set for a green light. Uh, oh, great. A two-year feasibility study is set to confirm that the first British and Irish Lions tour is able to go ahead, according to Telegraph Sport. Um, they are planning tours of France, Canada, and New Zealand as the likely first location for Alliance Tour. So it'll be separate to the men's tour. And uh, yeah. Imagine all the spirit of the Lions chat when the entire squad is English. Oh. <laughs> it won't be. We know what I mean. It'll yeah, be like one, the 1993 men's tour all over again. One key problem to overcome is that the strength of the England team. Um, means a Lions squad will be dominated by England players. It's true. Well, to me, I said that happened in the 1993 men's tour. I think yeah, also, 17 of the matchday squad were English in 93. And also, if they do, you know, if they do another couple of, like, you know, another couple of years of professionalism for everybody and there will be a, a closed gap enough to at least have some representation from other players and other squads, I reckon. Good for me is Damien, Damien Penno's monobrow. Yes, never change. Gavin Thomas gets in touch. He of 300 caps. He says, good, I played my 300th game for my club. <laughs> the first player to do it, so it was shit that we managed to turn a 14-12 halftime lead into a 71-26 defeat. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. That There is none more village than what's just happened there. I fucking love it. <laughs> James Franklin gets in touch. He says, good as George Turner. Shit, decided to take George Turner off. Yes, I think we touched a bit on that yeah. earlier. Sam Ashworth says, good. It's Gloucester Hartbury versus Saracens. It was a belting start to the weekend. Mm. Jason Flynn Walt says, good as RG is back, baby. Yes, mentioned that earlier, but yes, I completely agree. 10 Epp gets in 10 Epp gets in touch and says, good was the France-Scotland match picking me up and reminding me that I do actually like rugby after Saturday and the last week doing its best to make me not care anymore. Yes. Glorious. NRS says, by the way, that's 300 games just for the one club. He has played more games for other. Yes. Goodness knows how many games Gav's actually that's played. That's true, yeah. Good Lord. I never counted my games. I've got no idea how many I played. Not enough. You're a long time retired, Josh, as they say. I was quite happy to retire. I was fucking knackered by the end of it. I had two kids, man. The, um, Fraser Matheson gets in touch finally. He says, good was the medical staff standing in the way of the line-out to make sure that Jalonch went off for his HIA. Yeah. The weekend. 
Respect yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then he also says, Good was Hugh Jones looking dangerous every time he carried. Yeah, he had a great game. He Quietly, he's, he's been, been forgot to mention that. Yeah, he really, really excellent. Yeah, yeah. Hence, the all chatter Chris Harris on the bench has just disappeared into the ether, hasn't it? And was like, Ooh, oh, yeah. first week. And everyone's like, yeah. Well, fine now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and that is us. Josh, well done to you and I your survived. voice box for holding up for two hours. Just about. I've, 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 ta- I've taken more of these medicated lozenges than I'm, I, I'm sh- the yeah, box so says I should take lo- 24 hours. You may have heard a bit of you know, lozenge tooth crackle. on the Yeah, you definitely will have heard a bit of that. Clatter. But you know what? But that's the way it is. That's the only way you can get it. into work today. So leave the lad alone. It says I should only take... Uh, four of these medicated lozenges per 24 hours, and I've had six during the course of this podcast, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Well, Brussels but, uh, can't tell us what to do anymore, Josh. Exactly. You can eat as many as you want. I'm sick and tired of experts, frankly. So <laughs> <laughs> We will speak to you all next week. Take care, everybody, and Indeed. thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.